This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. Hi, my name is Jennifer Davies, and I'm the Assistant Dean of External Affairs at UC San Diego Extension, and I'm here with Career Talk. And today my guest is Neil Bloom, who is the Talent Advisor for Hired. Is it Hired or Hired.com? Hired.com. Okay. So tell me a little bit, what is Hired.com? Yeah, so first, thanks for having me. Oh, great. And great to have you here. Yeah. Hired.com is a smart, in a sense, dating site for mm-hmm. hiring technical talent. So, so it's we, like Match.com for job seekers in a and sense. businesses. Okay. Right. So how does that work? So what happens is on a weekly basis, job seekers apply to be on the site, mm-hmm. and the algorithms themselves look at what was the most recent demand in every city that we're in, uh, taking a lot of information from the job seeker, like they rank the cities they want to be in, the starting salary they would like to make, if they need a visa or not. And based on that, we deliver a new batch of talent, pre-vetted, active candidates only every Monday to every marketplace we're in. And so it's kind of a switch on the dating site in a sense that it's more like Bumble mm-hmm. in that companies apply to the talent. So we flip it. There's no job board. It's purely talent and companies that we make introductions to and that the company has to make the first move. Okay, so is it are your clients the 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 business or the or the talent or both and how do you vet vet the talent, I guess? Sure. So the revenue comes from the clients. So the companies pay either on a per hire basis or more than likely lately is on a subscription model pay a monthly flat fee, hire unlimited amount of people. Uh, how we do vetting is a pretty long process. So We use kind of an admissions uh, office kind of mentality where we do a multivariable ranking of where did uh, candidates go to school, if they got a certain degree, where have they previously worked, how many years at each company, and what skill sets. So that does a first ranking, and then we determine how many people from each city we need to fill kind of in a quota system um, based on demand. So it's a very real-time supply-demand matching algorithm that readjusts based on clients' behavior on a weekly basis. So, for example, let's say last week a certain amount of companies for the first time looked for iOS engineers. The next week, the algorithm would try to deliver more iOS if that was an increase in searches. So every week we try to figure out behaviors of what people are hiring for. So if you were a different kind of engineer and you didn't get accepted the first week, would you be maybe put into the, the, the algorithmic mix the, the next week if, it, if there was a spike in some other type of, like if you were a cybersecurity analyst or? Exactly. So there's potential that you would be on a wait list mm-hmm. until the right demand is there. Oh, okay. So the majority of our candidates see some kind of wait list uh, at some point, depending upon what demand is like. And so since we're just serving technical talent right now, so that's software, product management, data science, QA, test, and designers, those are the ones who will have higher likely chance of making it on the platform sooner. But we're working on all other roles, sales, marketing, finance, that's down the road. We've been doing some kind of beta and pilot testing of that talent, and that should be coming out soon. Wow. So what are you seeing as the most, when you're, what are your algorithms spit, spitting out in terms of what's the most in demand? Uh, definitely back-end, front-end developers are kind of the bread and butter. Um, and it used to just be tech companies, but now all companies are really having to hire web development in general, right? Even some of your sports and active lifestyle companies who are all of a sudden having to become e-commerce platforms in their own self. So web development in general is by and far the most, but it turns out in certain cities, product management uh, is becoming, especially because it's a not 
not a necessity to have a technical background. Um, it's certainly becoming a very popular uh, area for us. What is so? What is product management, and who who are filling those sort of roles? Yeah, so product management is uh, mostly like a project manager in a sense. So it's a timeline kind of basis who manages projects in software areas. It, it can be in sprints, so you know they'll manage what gets built and they'll they'll schedule what's getting built based on company uh, objectives. Uh, company roadmaps, and customer. So they're doing a lot of listening to the customer and fill that back into the actual technical designers and developers and determining what's the right product to make at the right time. That's not a, tech, a technical skill, but sort of who's well-suited to that? Is it obviously someone who's organized? But are there other qualities that when you're ranking them that you, you say, oh, this is going to float to the top in terms of our, our dating algorithm? Sure. It, it turns out that most people that have ever really touched the customer pretty closely, they make great roles for that. And that is usually marketing and sales. Honestly, usually sales, uh, anyone who's done sales has talked to the customer at all times of the day, right? And mm-hmm. so they have the, the closest sense of what the right product is for the right customer. It's very often engineers can go off and build and tinker without ever talking to a customer. The product manager keeps them honest. Okay, that makes sense. So like the translator, right? Between exactly. the engineer and the customer. So, I mean, why did Hired come up with this um, this sort of dating analogy or this sort of algorithmic touch? How is that different from how we used to look for jobs? And, and is it part of a larger trend in terms of how people and companies are looking for talent and people are looking for jobs? I think the easiest answer is technology in general. So over the years, we consider a few different generations of technology that's been out there to help you find a job. Uh, the first being kind of the monsters and the Craigslists, the job boards, right? Uh, those are predominantly where most people still post and apply to jobs. And we call that Web 1.0 or HR Tech 1.0. And that still exists, but is a little outdated in that you're applying to a black box and you don't ever hear back. Um, on the company side, you have, you're either inundated with people applying, whether they meet the skills or not, um, or you have the opposite. You have zero traffic flow. So it's, it's hard to depend on only that. And so what we consider 2.0 is LinkedIn. LinkedIn was this marketplace, or not even a marketplace, a social network where everyone lives, but you don't really necessarily know intent, right? We all have a profile. It doesn't mean we're all looking for jobs today. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas a job board, you measure intent instantly because someone applied, they're obviously interested. So there's kind of this imbalance. There's two worlds. There's the everyone lives, great. We can go and reach out to everyone on LinkedIn and hope that they want to work with us. Pretty time consuming. Or there's the high intent, but high traffic flow, low quality. And so we trying to take the best of both worlds, we call it 3.0, and putting the right people in the right place at the right time. So that's why we do it weekly with only candidates who've said, hey, I want a job now. We really fish out intent. Uh, And same with employers. We only want employers who are actively hiring now too. And so we're seeing kind of along the lines of this on-demand population or on-demand technologies, you know, the Ubers, the Postmates, the I want something now, here is a technology that can deliver that to you now. We found that model is starting to work really well, um, not just with millennials, but those are kind of the first ones to to realize that the on-demand is working for them. So are there metrics that you can say, oh, because we all know how horrible the job process can be. It can like drag out and, you know, you have a timeline that is not the timeline as the, the employer or vice versa. Um, are you seeing matches that happen quicker? Are there metrics in terms of what your placement rate and the success of that in terms of that that is instructive for anyone looking for a job? Yeah, there's some real strong metrics on both sides there. Uh, What I would say is for the employer side, we look at 
um, how long each week an employer spends looking for talent. We call that sourcing. So time of sourcing per week. And then how long it takes to actually make the hire. I mean, they're pretty two different metrics, but it's the upfront weekly, how much time are you spending to find talent? And then let's say you find, you know, a batch of 20 people. How long does it take to hire them? And for us, we are trying to reduce sourcing down to 20 minutes a week and trying to bring hiring down to less than 30 days. So we're averaging about 25 days. Certain cities are doing it less than 20 days to hire. What cities are those? Uh, San Francisco, for sure. Jobs. <laughs> um, and so on the job seeker side, we do the same thing where we look at you know how many jobs are they applying to off-platform versus how many companies reach out to them on a given week. In San Francisco, you could have 40 to 50 companies apply to you on a given week. In San Diego, uh, if you're open to remote relocation or kind of a broad range of roles, 10 to 15 companies on a given Monday could reach out and say, hey, would you like to work with us? Which is pretty significant for how much time it would take to apply to those 15 companies. Usually to get those 10 to 15 companies' interest, you're applying to probably five times that many roles, which is pretty time-consuming to apply to, you know, 60 companies. So now do you, sort of like you do, if we're going to continue the dating analogy, um, sort of like you do on a, a dating site where you put your best picture up and you optimize your thing and you, you know you're into judo and you know sushi are there trip are there t- tips and tricks easy for me to say in terms of your platform in terms of what people are supposed to be highlighting and is there are there things that from your platform that are you can extrapolate to other in the the current job search market yeah there's for sure some some good do's and don'ts you know and i think this applies to most social networks right on your on your LinkedIn's, you're not going to put a certain picture that you wouldn't want your boss or coworkers the to see. Solo cups. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Shot glasses. Exactly. So there's still things about being smart, being professional, but also showing off your unique and individual personality. That's important, I think, on any social network, uh, that you make sure that you stand out because just having the same degree as someone else already uh, makes someone gloss over that part. So you want to figure out what are the, the right branding points for yourself. I think... The way to do that off our platform is get in person to companies. So go out and see certain companies with before you're ready to actually like apply for jobs. So if you have some time, do the take the time to actually go and explore and see in person the companies that you would one day like to work at. See if it's the environment you want to work at. See if it's the kind of people you want to play ping pong with at lunch. Um, and get a sense for how you want to re- uh, present yourself when it comes time to interviewing. Right. If you see everyone in suits there, you might want to have a picture that's got a suit in it. Right. And you might if you see everyone in sandals and shorts, like a lot of our startups in San Diego, you probably should want to look like that mm-hmm. in a sense. But if you don't want to change your look for a company, which I do not recommend you change your look, like just find the people that you jive with. Right. And, and that is best done when you're not under pressure and you have the time to go and explore and look at what's right for me. Not, I need a job tomorrow. That's usually when you're under pressure, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to do extra things with your time. Well, it is. I mean, I, I consider, um, outside the great tragedy of life, looking for a job one of the most horrible things in the world, right? Because you're putting yourself out there and you really, things that you would normally do, like go visit a company, for some reason you get in the headspace of like, oh, they don't want me or that seems stalkerish. How do you, how would you advise someone t- kind of talking yourself through that and also making that initial contact with the company where you're like, hey, I just want to check you out. And our companies are open to that. So that's a good question, right? Companies, the, the smartest ones know that they are always recruiting, right? They are always on the lookout for good talent. So 
the easiest answer is yes. Companies are always open to meeting new people that potentially could be their employee. They're either going to have to pay for talent or they're not, and they would rather not. And so if they can meet you randomly because you showed up at a meetup or an open house, all the better for them, right? They'd love to have you on their virtual bench if they're not hiring this second. As soon as an opening comes, they say, hey, we got something for you. So yes, companies are super open to it. It is the candidate that says, I'm going to put myself out there and see where would I want to be next. And it's totally natural to, to look at what company want to be at next. No one's going to be at this company for the rest of their life. Yeah, that, those days are over. <laughs> right. And so another point to what you said is, is how terrible it is to look for a job. And actually, Hire did a study to see how terrible is it. And we actually determined that there are only two things worse than uh, applying for a job. And it is divorce or loss of a family member. So it's actually absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, it's more fearful. People are more fearful of this than like getting a root canal or having <laughs> surgery. Uh, so we get that. And so some tips I say is do the research up front. Put the time in. This is a really important decision for you. Um, there's a there's even enough to be said about paying some money to get some coaching to have someone review your resume. And then when you're really ready to start applying for jobs or however you want to get a job, maybe on hiring. Do it all at once, right? Go all in and so that you are applying and going into interviews at the same time with every company. I think it's important that if you have an offer on the table, but you're still just starting to meet another company, your mind is going to get pulled in certain ways that, you know, it's not, you're not going to be able to make an honest decision for yourself. So it's best to go through it all at the same time, look at all the offers on the table if possible, and, and really kind of do it as a, a process, build a process and a plan for it. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You're talking about a best case scenario saying like, you know what, I need to move on. But then there's times when we're sort of thrown in. It's like, you know, you've been laid off or the job is just not working and you need to make a move as quickly as possible. In those situations are, you know, how do you both expedite the process but remain true to the a process that's going to get you the best result? Sure. Yeah. We, we can never plan for it. <laughs> that's why you should be doing things now. Right. You should be making inroads at companies now. Because you never know. So you should always be looking for a job. Always, always be, be closing, right? Yep, <laughs> ABC. Exactly. Right. I mean, you're always selling yourself, right? I mean, and it's hard for people to, who are not in sales to come to grips with that. But the companies are doing half them to do it too. They're having to sell themselves as well as a product uh, to everyone that sees them. So it's, it's pretty important to always be closing, always be selling. As soon as it happens, let's say you are all of a sudden looking for a job, uh, it's good to connect with people internally at companies that could help you. And these are people that could be referrals for you. Referrals go a long way. Uh, companies are incentivizing referrals now for their internal employees. So that's always a good one. And also go and try to be where companies are. You know, Go to even a conference that they may be at and just try to find a connection at a company that could get you a little further than just applying online. That black box, you know, everyone's applied there. How do you have an edge? So it's always looking for that edge, what, what makes you unique. And you'd be surprised it's in certain ways that you'd never expect. You know, you meet someone at a running club or, you know, um, out in the community in a place that you never thought that person could actually be a connection for you when you weren't expecting it. No, I think it's it's always an interesting thing because people are so, when they're looking for a job, they're putting themselves out there and they feel so vulnerable and then it feels even worse to put yourself out there more and ask. But I've found whenever you do that, when you say, hey, can you help me out or do you know someone there? They do, and they're willing to make that connection because they realize they'll be in that same boat too. So, you know, getting in that that frame of mind is, I think, critical, and just realizing everyone's a network. Yeah, and everyone's always looking, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, like like 
people are always looking for something new, uh, and it's nothing against the current company they're at or their coworkers. Um, you're just always looking for the right culture, the right fit, and if you have the opportunity to to take the time to do it, it it's worth spending the time doing. So is it a buyer's or a seller's market for job hunters now, or is it does it just depend on the industry? It does. It seems to depend on the industry, um, and it also depends on if the company is all in, uh, it, like it's the whole company's role to hire. That seems to be a, a kind of a split in every city that we're in, right? The company that says it's not just recruiting's role to hire, it's everyone's job to be a brand ambassador and to get people in the door. Those companies, uh, it, it, they have a better chance of getting the best. What talent. are some of those companies? Or can you tell me? <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, certain companies that, that say, you know, really leverage their referral um, piece. So companies here in town, I would say Amazon is now, has moved into town. Right? Oh, they have? I didn't know that. And so they have to staff up really quickly. And so they're really la- leveraging uh, their employees to help them get rooted into the community. What kind of, uh, what, is, what is Amazon doing here? What kind of roles are they looking for? It's designers, engineers, product managers. So okay. pretty technical, oh, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, but great to have them in the community. They're up here in North County. Uh, some other local uh, companies that do a great job of kind of branding themselves and recruiting uh, are teams at like MindTouch and Classy. So two good companies growing well and also a company called Seismic. So these are companies that realize, in a sense, it's kind of a, uh, a buyer's market. So they realize they the growth of their company is the, will be the the life or death of their company. And so everyone is all in on helping to fill seats. And so that's whether that's hosting game nights or being out in the community, uh, they really leverage their brand, not just for selling their products, but selling the company culture to attract talent to want to come check them out. And so how does, so how does um, San Diego compare, I guess, to some, because yeah, I know you're in 15, hired in 15 cities, Correct. including San Francisco, Silicon, Silicon Valley. How does San Diego's hiring scene compare to those? It's obviously probably not as robust as San Francisco, but are you seeing any shifts or changes with San Diego in terms of the talent that we're retaining or or attracting? Yeah, there's some interesting trends I see. Uh, From the data that we're pulling, Los Angeles right now is the number one relocation capital, meaning they are willing to move heaven and earth to get the right talent to L.A., San Diego, the urgency doesn't seem to be there yet. So we're seeing that San Diego still wants to rely on talent that is local, which great. We want to employ everyone local, whether that is the best talent for them or not. And sometimes it may not be if you're a software tech company. For other industries, we have a, we have a wealth of, of talent here. What we do see in San Diego is people changing uh, jobs and industries and willing to reskill themselves and take the time uh, it's pretty important, and, and San Diego seems to be doing that. People are upskilling, taking code classes when they were formerly in sales. So that part's interesting. So oh, that's local talent is willing to upskill, reskill to get the job. Uh, but we don't see too much relocation, open-mindedness from the employers. We know talent wants to be here, but the, the companies have yet to really pull in. From other places. Exactly. Wow, okay, that's really interesting. Well, we're actually close to the time being up, but this has been fascinating. I hope I can have you back again so we can have some more conversations about this. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much.